3: Do you ever have one of those days where you just have a natural high from something that's happened? Corey, what's that thing for you? Do you have a thing that like gives you a natural high? Because for me, that was a good round of golf. It was a family program.
2: Uh, <laughs> Let's see.
3: Uh, <laughs> I'm
2: trying to think. What That makes me feel like... Things are yeah, going great. So, like
3: today, today was the best golf round I feel like I had had in a long time. What do you shoot, buddy? So, 87. I'm about that's to, a legit number. I'm a mid 90s golfer. So, like, that's not a stunning round for me. It's it's happened, but usually I'm doing well to break 90. Where'd you make and the today, magic happen? We talk in short game, we talk in mid range. What are we talking? It was kind of everything. You know, the chipping is really never there for me. So, I guess not the chipping. I've just never been able to get that down. Uh, But the drives were there. I was hitting my irons well, putting, I'm always usually putting pretty well, so I would say three of the four aspects of my game were really clicking on all cylinders today. Did you,
2: did you feel like you were grinding out an 87, or did it feel like everything's going wrong?
3: No, today? man, it felt like I should have hit, it felt like I should have done better, even. That's really, I think, why I'm so fired up. It's not even just that it's an 87, it's like, I hit an 87 and I duffed a couple chips, uh, chips. like, I cut it so easily I've like an 82, 83. So, and just the way you, especially on those big, those long drives, oh when yeah. you're crushing it down the middle, like man, you just feel really good about. it. Especially
2: yourself. when you are not expecting
3: it. Like when you just yeah. hit it, and it's like, oh wait, wait a minute, I did a thing. That's I'd- pretty good. And then you look back at the tee, and it's like, I hit it that far. <laughs> it's
2: like, I can do pretty good? good. I didn't know I could hit it that far. I, I, I've been running recently, and I am trying okay. to run. I am trying to be at like box to box midfielder fitness level. So I am looking to try to get myself to a ten okay. k in about ninety minutes, something like that. Okay. And I recently got a five k in in under thirty minutes, so I am running about six minutes, wow. sub six minute. A K for a five K, and when I first hit that mark, I was like, "Holy crap!" Because I'm old, first of all. Second, I'm shot, and third, <laughs> like I had been like hanging out at like six and a half to seven minutes, you know, a kilometer, and it's like I'm like, "All right, that's fine. It's just where I'm gonna be. It's okay." But when I the first time I was like, the thing told me it was like you know average you know a kilometer of about five minutes and you know fifty seconds. I was like, "Yes, let's go! It is time to get fit." And I was just excited about that, so that kept me going for most of that day.
3: All right, you're not that old, by the way. I'm. It's the not necessarily
2: the not... years; it's absolutely the mileage. Okay, it's the mileage. Yeah,
3: I'm I... 38.
2: I'm pretty shot. Yeah, I'm. I, I am middle aged. Like when people say you shouldn't feel middle aged, it's like nope, double my age, and mm-hmm. I'm. If, some, if I died, nobody's saying oh it's a tragedy. So that's middle age.
3: <laughs> so you'll hate the uh, the conversation I had earlier in the week and asking, am I allowed to? Uh, am I allowed to feel like I'm old at 26 years old? Because you, you're, I'm guessing, you, for that is going to be absolutely If you not. died
2: at 52, people would say, like, oh, man, that's tough. Like, it, it's not, wow, man, 52, really? But if I died at 76, people are like, hey, I did all right. I mean, probably should have laid off the the whole, maybe should have laid off, like, the Polish sausage. But, I mean, like, 76 ain't bad. Like, I, I don't, it gets to the point where double your age and if you're like, Nah, if I saw that, I didn't know, but I don't think that's terrible. Like, mm-hmm. congratulations, you made it to middle-aged. Your Mazda Miata is being dropped off right in front of your house.
3: <laughs> I love that you picked Mazda Miata for that. That's the perfect car. It is. For that analogy. Um, anyways, it is the nightcap here on WGR. At least it is, I think, for the next hour. And then I think we really break into expansion official NHL-Seattle-Kraken expansion draft coverage here on WGR I think we're going to be running till about 10 o'clock. We're going to play it by ear because we don't really know the inner mechanics of what's going to happen. I did watch back some of the Vegas expansion draft from four years ago to kind of get a good idea of how it went down because we would like to bring you those picks as they happen live here on the air. And the way they did it at the NHL Awards in 2017 is they would kind of award a couple, like the Norris, and then they would go to George McPhee, and he would announce the first three picks. In alphabetical order, by the way. So, I don't have it in front of me at the moment, but I'm pretty sure Anaheim, Arizona, Boston is the first three. Sure. Maybe not in that order. Why not? Anyways, the point is, if they're going alphabetical, we're going to get to Buffalo pretty quickly as they go alphabetical by team location. So we will know that Will Borgan is going to be the pick by the Seattle Kraken officially fourth, probably right? pretty quick on. Fourth? are pretty quick. Yeah, fourth, I believe, right? So it's Anaheim, it's Arizona, Arizona, it's Boston, and, and then it's us. It's, and then it's the Sabres. Right. And now there's you might be thinking, hey, I've been on Twitter all day. I already know all these players. You know, I read Paul's article today at WGR550.com. I saw the list. Like These guys have been reported. We know what the Kraken are going to look like. But what we do not know at this moment in time is what the side deals look like. And if you read between the lines and you listen to some of the same people that have reported today who's going where, they're telling you there's a lot of side deals that are going to happen tonight that we don't know anything about yet. That are going to be announced. And the reason that is important is that's where Vegas built their franchise four years ago. Yes, they got some good players in the expansion draft. They got will they got uh Wild Bill Carlson from, from the Columbus Blue Jackets, they got Marc Andre Fleury from the Pittsburgh Penguins, they got Braden McNabb from the LA Kings, they had key contributors that they just went out and drafted. But they got a ton of value from other teams for not taking specific players. They got Alex Tuck from the Minnesota Wild to not, put, to not take Matthew Dumba. They got Riley Smith from Florida. That's been the most infamous one. They got Riley Smith from Florida to take Jonathan Marshashow. The Panthers handed them two-thirds of their top line for multiple years, a line that helped carry them to the Stanley Cup Final. Shea Theodore was a part of a side deal, who became Vegas's number one defenseman until Alex Petrangelo just got there. Those are the deals that could launch the Kraken from, alright, pretty good team, you look at the roster right now and what is Seattle? Seattle... Right now, I've seen some analytical sites today that have projected them for about 84, 85 points. In that division, they are in the race for the playoffs with this roster and no side deals. They're in the race for the playoffs. If you don't know anything about the Pacific Division next year because we haven't had it for a season, we had these make-believe these one-year uh, North, Central, East, West divisions for one year. Now we're going back to what we had, but... The Arizona Coyotes are going to the Central. And the Kraken are going to the Pacific. The Pacific Division stinks. It stinks. Stinks, they- Wilbon. It's Vegas at the top. They're great. No lie. They are a great team. Dominant. They might end up getting Jack Michael even. They're in the running for that. Vegas is up top. You don't really have anybody else you can count on after that. It used to be San Jose. It is no right. longer. It used to be the Southern California teams. Right. It, Anaheim had a ton of good years there as well, yeah, and the, so did L.A. The bottom dropped out there. They are all, they are all at the basement of the league right I now. I mean, Vancouver's no. Vancouver is a joke. Absolutely not. Vancouver is like a clown show right now with Jim Benning still running that thing. I can't believe Jim Benning is still employed there. So Vancouver is a clown show. Edmonton's got the talent they've got McDavid they've got Drys Idol but you just never know what you're going to get from them year to <laughs> and year. baby they're making great decisions um, I mean yeah Duncan Keith I still can't I still can't believe they did can. that. Again,
2: call the Rasmus and hotline boys <laughs> we're taking your calls
3: <laughs> and last year by the way Edmonton part of the reason that they had a good season and they made their run to the playoffs and made it to the playoffs they got one of the best seasons in the league last year from 39-year-old Mike Smith. Are you banking on that happening again? No. It could. Of course it could. It could happen with any goalie in the league. But, man, that's unlikely that you're going to get that same level of goaltending year uh, another year from Mike Smith. So, Edmonton, you don't know what you're getting from them, and it's very possible they're not good. Calgary is maybe about to blow things up. I mean, they might not have Goudreau. They, Kachuk, there's rumors he wants out. Monahan could be traded. Calgary might be in a restart. That's it. That's the division. Cal- so the
2: Kraken have a real opportunity. Calgary's just like a, no- a void to me. I have nothing on Calgary. They're so – they're not even – even when they're bad, they're just not there. They're vacant like I, I know Vancouver's yeah. bad. I know Edmonton's bad. I hear about them, but like Calgary's just like a, it has fallen beyond the event horizon.
3: They're not even me. interesting. No, <laughs> and it's a shame because Calgary should be a great hockey town. I know they. I love their jerseys too.
2: Yeah, that's like it, aesthetically
3: it, on TV. They, I love it.
2: Great to see on TV. Their their stadium owns. Their fans mm-hmm. own when that place is rocking. It's great to watch hockey there. Mm-hmm. Like and it, they're just nowhere. It's and right. I, they probably think the same thing about us. They probably
3: do. We probably
2: share the same opinion of each other. (laughs) Calgary and Buffalo, sister cities. Uh, We got the (laughs) banners up on the street that say sister city Calgary.
3: So Seattle's got an opportunity here. Even if they're not a legitimately great team, they've already got a roster in place that can compete. And we'll see what they get on top of that tonight. Did they get something for not taking Vladimir Tarasenko from St. Louis? Did Montreal give them something for not taking Carey Price? Did Columbus give them something for not taking Max Domi? Carolina probably did give them something because they had some valuable pieces that were available to Seattle, and Seattle took a player I'd never heard of in my life. Sounds made up. So I wonder if – is this handled like it would be any transaction?
2: They have to submit it to the league, and they find out, like – Seattle receives blank from whatever team, and that's it, and then we'll find figure out the reason why that happened later?
3: I think so. Okay. I think they're probably not official transactions yet through the league wire because otherwise I think we'd probably know about them.
2: Right. So at some point, they're, like there's just a stack of papers sitting on a desk in Seattle, yep. and once at 8 p.m., like,
3: they start putting it through the fax machine right. and start sending it to the league office. So, so they've got... Yeah, we've got moves to find out. Like, there's drama to be had in the next couple of hours. They just aren't the... They're not the thing that you might have originally thought is going to be the drama. Waiting around to see... To the M's. To the M's in the alphabetical order to see if Montreal is going to lose Carey Price. That drama does not exist. But we do have the drama in finding out what they might get side deal-wise. And knowing what kind of... I want to be careful here, I think. I want to say intelligence level, but I kind of want to put it a a better way, but maybe I'll just use that. The intelligence level of some of the GMs in this league when it comes to evaluating their players is sometimes so painfully and frustratingly low that you're gonna get one, two, three trades tonight, where hockey Twitter will explode and their minds will melt because you can't believe somebody gave Seattle something to not take a guy.
2: Huge morons.
3: Yeah, th- that's a great way of putting it. Thank you. That was le- definitely less aggressive. Prairie brain, as I like
2: to call it, Canadian prairie brain. Just so, people who just like they have yeah. breathed way too many, too,
3: way too much tar sand. Just. Mm-hmm. So, we're about 45 minutes away from that happening, and we'll carry it live here on WGR. Paul Hamilton's going to join me in about 15 minutes. Let's get into the Sabres end of this. They lose Borgen. If you follow me on Twitter, at Sneaky Joe Sports, and you saw some of my tweets on Thursday and Friday, you would have seen that I was ready to lose my mind. I was ready to lose my mind. And in part, me specifically was ready to lose my mind because. I had been writing on our website as early as the first week of March that, hey, guys, hey, the, we got the trade deadline's coming in a few weeks, right? You got this expansion draft coming in four months, and someone's got to be traded or you're going to lose somebody for nothing. Just a heads up. Like, you're going to protect Darlene. You're going to protect Yoki Haryu. Ristolainen's not sticking around here. You know, he's got two months and then one year left on his deal. That's coming to an end. Let's let's do that now. Let's make that trade now so that we don't have to give up a player in Will Borgen who you've invested five years of development into and lose for nothing. And this is not really a Will Borgen point. Because, no, losing Will Borgen is not the end of the world. He may have never become anything more than a third-pair defenseman in the NHL. And he certainly did not possess the skating, and the, the offensive abilities to become a top pair defenseman in the sport. He doesn't have that ceiling. He can't be a franchise-altering player. But he's still a young, inexpensive, helpful asset that could have factored in to the Sabers' blue line going forward. You're going to lose Ristolainen in a trade, and... Owen Power is 6'6", but he's not this type of defenseman. If you wanted to have that big, hulking, bruising defenseman that can also move with his skate feet a little bit and also pass the puck well, Borgen seemed like a really nice idea projecting out for your bottom four. But again, even though that's a nice asset that you lost, it's not the reason why I was ready to get upset. And really, I think I was talked off a ledge, though, because twofold. One, you really sit back and you think about what Borgen is, and it's hard to get too upset over it with this team. There's so many bigger things at, 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 at the works right now. An Eichel trade, and when that happens, and what that looks like, a Reinhardt trade. And also, what kind of brought me down to earth a little bit, was the r- rumored offers, the rumored asking price for Ristolainen, a high draft pick and a young defenseman. Maybe that young defenseman by the way is in there and specifically they want a defenseman because they knew they were going to lose Borgon. If you get that for Ristolainen, the Devils are always the team I go to for this because they have been rumored to be interested as soon as this it's early as this off season. Last month We had reports that the Devils were in on Ristolainen. They own the New York Islanders' first-round pick, 29th overall. You're not getting the fifth pick from them. I played around with some potential trade offers. Trust me, I threw them out there on social media. Nobody was biting. Not going to happen. The 29th pick, though, is realistic, I think, for Ristolainen. And if you get that, along with a young defenseman to replace Will Borgen, who you just lost... Well, now I'm at a net positive for making this decision, but where my frustration lies, I guess, is not even in the 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 handling of all of the Bristol Line and versus Borgen decision by Kevin Adams and the Sabers in the last week. It's not in. It's not based in that decision because I think in the last seven days they probably made the right call. It's a risk. They've got to get something for Ristolainen to make it worth it, but I think they probably made the right call. My frustration lies in that why didn't we project this situation out? And why, and it's also because it's Ristolainen. We're so, I can't believe this guy is still here. You just can't believe it. I mean, how long have we been talking about it? Corey, I mean, you've been here longer than me. Yeah. I I hazard to guess that subject, the 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 show topic of trading Rasmus for Stalinin might be the most talked about subject in this station's history. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's been four, five years of this, and he's still here. And now I've even got more reason to move him. He's going in one year. I've got a young defenseman who's just ready to crack through the lineup and ready to get into the NHL. He really by the way in my opinion has been ready for a while. This is just not an organization where young players get an opportunity because we got to play matter when 17 minutes a night. We got to go sign, you know, Cody Franzen back right. in the day. You know, we, we don't really get, Sabres don't really give guys like Will Borgen a chance. The only reason he even got in last year is cuz they had 8,000 def- injuries on the blue it's line. The reason we like Renato It's because it's guys like Roostalainen come in,
2: and guys like Asplin finally get minutes. Middlestad. Middlestadt spent the first part of the season on the taxi squad, and instead of Okposo going out uh, at the end of a game trying to score a goal when you're down one, or on the power play when everybody thinks he shouldn't be on the ice at all for you. And finally, it's like, well, it's, you're an idiot, so you're not playing anymore. Why don't you just try the kid? And they tried right. the kid, and suddenly it's like, oh, wow, we're getting some production and some jump yeah. out of these guys. That's weird Yeah. because it's the first time in 10 years we've said that.
3: <laughs> Funny how that happens. And like, and you had a coach, by the way, now that was maybe finally going to use a guy like Will Borgen, you, and that's another reason why it's a little bit frustrating. I'm still trying to build this up as though it's not the end of the world, but there are multiple layers to this. This is what I want, would want to ask Paul is – what do the Sabres have to do to not be the
2: dumb team anymore? Because it seems like very often they make horrible decisions well, that that just cascades into the puck ending up in their net and Ristolainen's often been at the center of that. Yeah. Like is Borgen the kind of guy that if the Sabres had if the Sabres had kept or get back or if like is he the kind of guy who when he's on the ice, you can at least trust he's going to make the right call?
3: Right. It really That's
2: what they need, man.
3: I think the answer to that question is just you want to project out more. You want to you want to have an understanding from the team that, like, and where value lies in the league. And I think they have overvalued Ristolainen both from a trade aspect, given that he's still here, and from just a, a, a deployment aspect on the ice. Every single coach that has ever had him has used him. As a number one defenseman. Mm -hmm. Now, in some of those situations, in many of those situations, those coaches really didn't have alternatives. So maybe it even then goes to management. You had multiple general managers that continued to believe this guy could be a a 25-minute-a-night defenseman. That he could handle the toughest matchups on the opposing side of the ice. And it just wasn't the case. Yes, he's big, he's mean, he's tough, and the other team's top players, they hate to play against him, no doubt. Brad Marchand hates playing against Rasmus Ristolainen. But what does that matter if the result is I'm always trapped in my own end when he's on the ice? Because all that toughness, all that grit, all that flash that Ristolainen presents it only matters so much when he gets a chance to move the puck out, regain possession for his team, and his head is down, not looking at where the people he could pass the puck to are, and he chips it out right back to the other team. He punts it. He is Doug Marone. <laughs> Jeez, He's just punting the ball in the 40-yard Terrifying. line over and over and over. And, and that is hey. why Ristolainen as a number one defenseman, in my mind, has not worked. That's why the numbers on him, possession-wise, don't look well they don't don't look good. I mean they're brutal. Yeah, to be frank. And I mean when you look at who
2: he plays with because he's your number 1 defenseman, he's playing with Eichel. He's playing with your top line, your best scorers, your best players because that's who plays with them and you if he's not getting them the puck. Right. So like it's incredible the kind of production Eichel's had considering that most of the time <laughs> he's playing a lot with, you know, Rustalainen. I mean Rustalainen came back from having a horrifying bout of COVID, and they played him 22 minutes immediately. Like, the kinds of ways they use players on that team has been bad for a decade, right? Mm-hmm. Like, when you mentioned to me, like, how long have you been talking about Ristar Line? You know what I looked up? I looked up the Rolston Centipede. Do you remember that? Do you know what no. that is?
3: No, I don't remember that at all. The,
2: the Sabres played San Jose Oh on yes. the road, Sorry. And yes, it's I the do. three Sabres almost look like they were copied in Photoshop <laughs> yep. after each other. And there's two San Jose Sharks right in front of Ryan Miller, and there's no one else there because every single Sabre is chasing the Shark with the puck. And the Sabres have made decisions like that ever since. It has never gotten better in terms of the Sabres and their decision-making and their understanding of how to play hockey like a person who's smart.
3: Right. And you know why, really? It's not even about they lost Will Borgen this weekend. It's part of it. But the biggest reason I'm frustrated at how this expansion draft result came about it's not even really Kevin Adams fault. I mean, part in part it is. It's I still haven't traded the guy. I've had I millions of opportunities. And because he's still here, I just lost the guy that could have helped me. And that is frustrating. Again, not the end of the world. It's expansion draft night. The, it's the reason, it's it's the thing about the Sabres that happened today. So it is the reason why we're spending so much time on it. Because this is a thing. You know, we've talked about Eichel plenty, Reinhardt plenty, but here's something that actually has happened, and that's the reason why we're talking about it. So, yes, it's probably getting more airtime than it should, compared to what the on-ice impact is going to be. It might also be all a moot point if they get proper value if they get good value for Ristolainen. But it does not mean that you can't be frustrated that Ristolainen's presence on this team in the year 2021 has cost them a young promising defenseman. 803 is the phone number. We're going to take a timeout now. We'll get to Paul Hamilton when we come back. We'll take your calls throughout the night as well at 803 The expansion draft gets going coming up at 8 o'clock. We will carry those picks live here on WGR. Again, we don't know exactly the format just yet, uh, but we do have a pretty good idea of it. I watched back some of the Vegas one. Uh, coverage of the NHL Expansion Draft on WGR is brought to you by Raylax Honda. Raylax, we got this. By Fiegel Car and Joyce, your border attorneys. And by Jim Stakeout, celebrating 40 years of mouth-watering hoagies and chicken finger subs. Paul Hamilton next here on WGR.
1: It's Paul Hamilton. That's what they called me in college, it's the bone. He has the facts to back up his opinions. People ask me, well, how are the Sabres going to win tonight? Oh, on WGR Sports Radio 550. Ooh, that one
3: sounds like an oldie but a goodie. I'm not even aware of that one's existence. It's probably a lot of Paul opens that are just shoved back in the the whatever that computer is, just way in the back. Paul, you on? That's
0: yeah, gotta be that was, old, right? That's, d- from,
3: that, that's from the morning. They play that in the morning. Okay, that's from the morning show. So that's okay. Um, how are you doing tonight, Paul?
1: I'm well. How are you?
3: Pretty good. Uh, we are a half hour away from the expansion draft. Joe DiBiase, Corey Griswold here on WGR. Paul Hamilton joining me now on the West, her hotline. Uh, Paul, we've been kind of going over Borgan being lost, at least reported, and we'll, it'll probably be made official in the next hour. Uh, I asked fans, you know, scale of 1 to 10, how upset are you that they lost Will Borgan? And I don't know, what do you feel like is the right answer for that? Because even though... It might be bad asset management, and it's frustrating that the presence of Ristolainen on this team still is really what led to losing a good young asset, but at the same time, while it's not, it's not the end of the world because this seems to me to be a player that, yes, gives you a lot of those physical assets you might end up losing in Ristolainen, but also did not possess the, the skating and the offensive ability to ever project as like a number a top pair defenseman or anything.
1: Yeah, and, Ristol, and it all depends on what they get for Ristolainen. And you're right. I mean, why isn't the deal already done and you wouldn't even have had to worry about any of this? Borgin would have been protected. You would have gotten the deal for Ristolainen. And then the next thing is, well, okay, if you can't get what you want for Ristolainen, what makes you think you all of a sudden are going to get what you want for Um And then the third thing would be, well, even if we get what's on the table for Ristolainen now, it's it would still be better than keep than keeping Borgan would still be a pretty good trade. But we think we can do better. So the reason we haven't made the trade yet is because we feel we can do better. So, um, but mm-hmm. you know, it's it's just it, it all depends on what they wind up getting for Ristolainen. What could they have gotten before the trade freeze? Uh, in, in which case they could have protected Borgen. But if they walk out of this and don't get anything for him and he winds up on the team next year or they walk away with this and get a fourth-round pick or a third-round pick, right. then it's just horrible asset management.
3: Right. What what would be, in your eyes, an acceptable return for line? I know the reported ask out there is a prospect and a high draft pick. We don't necessarily have a number on what that high draft pick could be, but what, in your mind, is acceptable to get in return for Risto?
1: Well, they're probably thinking a first-round pick. Uh, I, I think that Adams overestimates what he can get for Ristolainen. I, I, I don't blame him for asking high. You know, of course you ask high. You're not going to, you know, start with your, your, your lowest offer or what you might accept. You're going to ask high. So that's a good thing, and I understand what he's doing there. But um, I I still, uh, you know, I, I pretty much thought, you know, You'll be lucky if you get a third or fourth round pick for him. And it looks like maybe I'll be wrong on that because if that's all you can get for Arista Line is a third or fourth round pick, why in the world didn't you just do it?
0: Mm-hmm. Or why in the world
1: didn't you just let him go? Because Will Borgen is better than any third or fourth round pick you're going to make unless you get lucky. Right. I mean, if you're going to get a... a a third or fourth round pick, and he winds up being better than Will Borgan. You're lucky. You made you made a nice pick, and but normally that's not what you get out of the third or fourth round. Paul, if you
3: could tell me, Borgan himself was a fourth round pick. If you could tell me that every fourth round pick you would take would get to the point Will Borgan's at, where he's 24, had a bunch of years of development, but all right, look, this guy could actually play in the league. You'd sign up for that because the probabilities of fourth and fifth round picks making the league are so slim that like Borgen already is kind of a uh an above average return for what that what that draft round is.
1: Yeah, I think he projects out to what you might expect out of a second round pick right now. Right. Um, you know, a solid third pair defenseman and maybe even a second pair defenseman depending on how he might improve as he gets to play more, you know. So, I you know, I think that's where he might fit in and it's unfortunate too because the Sabres have butchered assets in the past at times. Mhm. And I think they've done a nice job with Allmark and Borgen. They've put six years of development into these guys, you know, after they drafted him. In Borgen's case, three years of college, 140 games in Rochester, where he became very good. I mean, really improved, worked on and improved his game. He was a workhorse. I saw him play at St. Cloud State. He was out in every situation, played well over 20 minutes a game, and just was one of the best defensemen, not only at St. Cloud State, but in that league. And, uh, you know, that was coming in, you know, after signing, then coming into, the, And then they did a good job, I think, of developing him. So now you've put six years of development into him. He's gone. You put six years of development in Allmark. He might be gone. We'll see. You've got another week to see if you can sign him and then see what happens to him in free agency. We'll see if he gets an offer, signs somewhere else. So, you, you know, you finally did a nice job of developing these two players. And what are you going to get out of it? Nothing. So, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you just look at that type of a asset management. Now, I, I'm sure that Thatcher Demko's contract screwed up the Allmark thing because I'm sure that's what he wants, and I mm-hmm. wouldn't pay him that. Right. You know, it's not the Sabres' fault that Vancouver vastly overpaid a goaltender who is probably not as good or not probably is not as good as Allmark. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm not, if I'm the Sabres, $5 million is too much. You know, that's, that's, not, that's not what I want to pay for Lina Solmark. Now, is there a market for him? Well, we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, some. I think Seattle did a pretty good job getting a couple of good goaltenders here yep. uh, in this draft. And uh, so that takes a couple of goaltenders out of the mix and on to Seattle's team. And Florida doesn't need a goalie to, to replace their guy. They've got to. And, um, you know, Ottawa's got Murray, so they, you know, they lost to goaltender. And uh, Washington's got Samsonov, so right. they got a goaltender too. So, um, you know, I, I don't know what kind of market we're looking at for Allmark, Mark. And uh, a lot of people think that Sabres are just going to get all, that they're just going to get Borgen back because he won't make their team. They'll wave him, and lose him, and all that neat stuff. But uh, I don't know, I... I I wouldn't count on that.
3: Yeah. Paul Hamilton's on the Western hotline. Uh, Paul, looking at Seattle's roster, like what do you make of them entering the league right away? Like They're in a weak division. The Pacific's got to be the worst uh, going into next year with the Southern California teams, the Western Canadian teams. Vegas is great, but they might be the only one, only one you can count on in that division. And then you have Seattle. Looking at their roster right now, how do they strike you? Of course, knowing that there's probably a lot of side deals coming in the next hour and a half.
1: Yeah, the side deals is what are going to make. I mean, I like Yanni Gord. Uh, you know, Vince Dunn had a tough year. I like him in goal, as we already said. Mm-hmm. Curtis McDermott is gives them some a huge defenseman with a physical presence back there. Larson, never been a fan to be quite honest with you. I, I never got the Oilers trading Taylor Hall for him. Um, you and many, I would yeah, say. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what Seattle's thinking either. I I, I don't quite get it giordano i think is solid. uh jeremy Lausanne i like with the bruins that's mm-hmm. a good defenseman that's a good tough defenseman that you know uh i, I think they're going to do well with that but as i go up and down tan is a pretty good player mccann's a pretty good player but you know i don't think this is you know right now this is not a good good roster as it sits right this way but i think as you said, there's a long ways to go. I think, you know, the side deals are gonna, you know, that we're gonna find out in a little bit here. I think uh, will really enhance this roster above what we're looking at right now.
3: Mm-hmm. Paul Hamilton on the Western Hotline. Yeah, that's really the drama that you want to stick around for in the next couple of hours. Yes, we know the players, but we don't know any of these side deals yet. And as Vegas proved four years ago, I mean, Paul, looking back on the Golden Knights. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the value they brought in, the Florida deal that's become infamous with Riley Smith, uh, getting him to take Jonathan Marshall, show, them getting Alex Tuck to avoid Matt Dumba. I mean, Vegas, you can make the argument, really built their team on these side deals that it sounds like Seattle made a bunch of.
1: They did a great job with him. They knew, you know, McPhee sat down and he knew, all right, this is what we've got. and we're, This is how we're going to work the system. And they totally worked the system. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's why I really fans like to say, well, look at what Vegas did. Why can't the Sabres do that? Because the Sabres started ending the league in, a, in an expansion draft. I mean, the expansion draft was in Vegas's favor. They did something no other team was able to do, but everything was in their favor. You, Other teams that don't have a good team are not going to be able to build a team that way. That's not how regular teams are built. That's how expansion teams are built. So, to sit there try to can con- to compare the Sabers to the Vegas Golden Knights is ridiculous. I mean, it, it has nothing. Nothing has one. Need, it doesn't. One thing does not have to do anything with the other. And uh, you know, as, as far as building a team and that goes. So, will Seattle be able to work the system? Well, not yet. But stay tuned. Buckle up because I think there's more to come.
3: Yep. We get going in fifteen minutes on uh, ESPN 2. Paul, by the way, first uh, NHL broadcast for ESPN with the rights. Would you say you're interested in seeing what the what they have to offer? Some new faces finally covering the league.
1: Yeah, you know, I I don't think Mark Messier and Wayne Gretzky. They certainly know hockey, but I don't think they're going to bring personality or anything like Rat. that to to the game. Uh, you know. Kind of like, you know, Charles Barkley does for the NBA. Yeah, they're not Shaq. getting near that, I don't think, with those guys. Maybe they can just get Charles to do work the
3: NHL, too. I mean, Yeah, he- I'd be fine with that. It's just going to be interesting. I do like the Ray Ferraro hire by ESPN a lot. I've always yeah. liked him on TSN.
1: Yeah, but the thing is the guys with personality are guys that, you know, like Rob Ray or somebody like that, but nobody really knows them. You know where people knew 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 Charles Barkley, they knew Shaq. You right. know, so you had the name recognition, and then you know they come on and they're characters and and all that. Yeah. Well, the characters of the NHL are a lot of them are the fighters and that type of thing. That if you're a hockey fan, you might know who they are, but mm-hmm. you know the those types of personalities out of Rob Ray or Stu Grimson or somebody like that, mm-hmm. people would like, well, who are they?
3: Right. Goalies always seem to have that personality too you No,
1: know, pk Subban. quite honestly he right. should have retired a couple of years ago <laughs> i mean he he maybe should retire and and jump right in i think he would be a very entertaining person
3: yep all right paul uh so enjoy the beginnings of the expansion draft and i know we'll hook up a little bit later uh, in the show sounds good all right paul hamilton there on the west her hotline we'll take a time out here we'll get to some of your calls when we come back Scale of 1 to 10, how upset are you by the Sabres losing Will Borgen in the Seattle expansion draft? I would say so far the most popular number we're getting is about 3 or 4. A lot of 1s, a lot of 2s, you're getting some 7s, 8s, and 9s, but I think uh, the median... Would be somewhere in the three to four range. Uh, so, give me your thoughts on what the Sabers have lost in Borgen, uh the fact that Ristolainen is still here, and we'll bring you up to speed on any new news we have on the expansion draft. There's potential news uh, right now with Jamie Alexiak. We'll bring that to you when we come back, and the expansion draft gets going in 13 minutes. Listen to it live here on WGR. Jody Biasi and Corey Griswold to your calls next.
1: Coverage of the NHL Draft on WGR is brought to you by Lax Honda. Relax, we got this. By Fegal Car and Joyce, your border attorneys. And by Jim Stakeout, celebrating 40 years of mouthwatering hoagies and chicken finger subs.
3: I almost made a very bad error there. I almost said, oh, Corey coming back with the ESPN on NHL nope. theme. Or no. NHL and ESPN theme. But this is uh, Versus. That's correct. And my, uh, actually, I think, really since my uh, my infamous Aikman tweet, <laughs> the tweet I think I've had that's gone more viral than any. Posting is war, buddy. And, yeah. like, listen. Yes. <laughs> I think the tweet I've had that's gone more viral than any since then is the one that just simply stated the last Sabres playoff game was on Versus.
2: <laughs> that's not true.
3: Yeah. It's true? Yeah. Game seven against the Flyers was on Versus.
2: Do you mind coming back here and pressing the buttons? Because I'm gonna go walk into the <laughs> lake and not come
3: out. <laughs> uh yeah, it's been a long time. It's been that's like the best way to encapsulate how long it's been. Like, yeah, we didn't make the playoffs in an entire playoff format. Well, I guess it's not officially over yet. The three division then two wildcard uh format the Sabres have never made it in. Yeah, they've they've they 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 literally went the entire existence of NBCSN beginning to end without ever being in the playoffs. That's the best way to encapsulate how long it's been. Uh, Jody Biassi and Corey Griswold here on the nightcap. At least it's the nightcap for a couple more minutes until we get you to official Seattle expansion draft coverage. It starts at 8 o'clock. Uh, coverage of the NHL expansion draft on WGR brought to you by Raylax Honda. Raylax, we got this by Fiegel, and Joyce, your border attorneys, and by Jim Stakeout celebrating 40 years of mouthwatering hoagies and chicken finger subs. Let's go to the phones. Corey, I don't have a name on my computer screen. Who do we got here?
2: We got Anthony joining us. Anthony
3: from Buffalo. Anthony, what's up, man? You're on the nightcap. Hey, guys.
0: Joe, just want to start off and say that I was just as baffled as you are that uh, the Sabres protected Ristolainen instead of Will Borgen. But – I think I got a cool scenario in which Will Borgen could potentially stay in Buffalo with a three-team trade
3: okay, between
0: shoot. Buffalo, the Rangers, and Seattle. Okay. What do you got? So it's been known that <clears throat> Seattle and the Rangers are kind of talking for Mark Giordano. There was also rumors, I believe, that they were potentially looking at somebody to be a third party to visit, uh, facilitate a salary retain. So – In that scenario, Seattle would send us, Mark Giordano, technically give us back Will Borgen. We would then send Jack Eichel and Giordano to the Rangers. We would retain 50% of Giordano's salary. The Rangers will then send Ryan Strom and draft picks to Seattle. And then we would get from New York, because we were retaining 50% of the salary, maybe it would be just enough to nudge him over the ledge for us to finally give us what we want, which would be like a Capo Caco, Philip um, their first round pick this year, their first round pick from last year, that Schneider kid, that defenseman playing in the WHL. And then they would throw in Georgia, the goalie also.
3: All right. There's a lot here. Um, On just, you put a lot of work in too. Like, you you got the details down. You took into account what Seattle would want out of this, what the Sabres would want out of this, what the Rangers would want out of this. And I think you kind of nailed it. But I'm not going to lie. Kako, Cheadle, and a first is not enough for me. Like, I think it's for the Rangers, for me, it's always been it's got to be Lafreniere. It's got to be because. Right now, Minnesota's best offer beats the Rangers' second best offer. If Matthew Boldy and Marco Rossi and the twenty-first pick and or Kevin Fiala is on the t- is on the table from Minnesota, that beats Kako Cheadle in the sixteenth pick. Does it beat Lafreniere? I don't think. I think then it becomes a real discussion, and I might get to the Lafreniere side. I might get to the Lafreniere side if he was in on it. But it's not even—it's not—it's not that it's not even close. But it's an easy Minnesota if he's not in it. Like, the Rangers got to really look in the mirror and decide if they really want Jack Eichel. Because they can be so easily outbid if they don't put Lafreniere in the deal. Kako's a nice prospect. He's a very good prospect. But, man, two years in, I know he's second overall pick. Two years in, it's not looking great. It looks pretty good. But he doesn't look like he's going to be some 40-goal scorer, some 80-point guy. He's probably just going to be a top-six winger in the league, and that's fine. That's valuable. But I need to be getting guys that have superstar potential for Jack Eichel. And Kako doesn't rate, to me, the same as Lafreniere for that. And Minnesota's got two of those guys that are at least on Kako's level, if not higher. I don't know. Does that sound all? Does that all sound right
2: to you? Yeah, sure. It's, it sounds great. And also, like the Rangers put out so much static because there's so many oh. absolute weirdos tweeting about it that, like, it's hard to perceive like what's a real rumor and what's just some right. freak from New York just tweeting out whatever, like New York sports fan who calls like yes. that. That's. It they want to the give dynamic. you Ryan
3: Strome in a second round pick. Way more than Correctly. anything
2: that honestly, from any other franchise, you get. Like yes, the the Maple Leafs fans are pra- practically enthusiastic about getting giving you good talent
3: that they've just given <laughs> up on. Like that's not <laughs> right. it's the opposite in New York. It's the complete opposite. Yeah. All right, let's take a break here. The expansion draft is coming up next here on WGR.